episode 850. The Green Bay Packers aren't dealing with many long-term injuries, but the short-term ones are a concern as they visit the Falcons in week two. We preview the game with Jack Wepfer of the Packers Wire. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. Today we're talking about the Week 2 matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, and to do that we preview the game with Jack Wepfer of the Packers Wire. Please sit back and enjoy this interview. Right now on Railbird Central, we're joined by Jack Wepfer of the Packers Wire, part of the USA Today Network. Jack, how are you today? I'm doing well. Very good. We're glad to have you on the show, and we're going to preview the Green Bay Packers Atlanta Falcons Sunday night football game. And as a lead into that, we learned on Wednesday that Brian Balaga is dealing with an illness that continued into Thursday. And even if it turns out to be inconsequential, I think this is still worth asking. Jack, how comfortable would you be if Kyle Murphy had to replace Balaga for a long-term thing instead of a short span, whether it's due to illness, injury, or whatever? Well, all things considered, I think Murphy played quite well in Balaga's absence. You know, it's hard to tell in only one week of work, but I thought he did an adequate tape job, you know, filling in for Balaga, who played maybe some of his best football last year. It'll be interesting to see how these next few weeks go. I mean, he'll face off likely against Vic Beasley, who is just laser fast. That guy's quick. Uh, And... There's also the question mark of uh, Tack McKinley. A- Atlanta has a quality pass rushing uh, group of guys. They have good depth. So I don't know how any of them stack up against Michael Bennett. But uh, Murphy's play last week, uh, it makes me feel much better than it did uh, the Sunday or the Saturday before he was uh, thrust into the lineup. So, you know, looking at the upcoming schedule, we got the Falcons and then Bengals, Bears, Michael Bennett for the Bengals. The Bears have a good quality front. Uh, it could be it could be difficult, but I think Packer fans, myself included, have to feel much better now than they did uh, a week ago. Turns out that uh, offensive line uh, in general and offensive tackle in particular is going to turn out to be a theme for the early part of our interview We also learned that Jason Spriggs has a hamstring injury that'll keep him out a couple weeks. So, Jack, based upon what we saw in the preseason, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I guess if there's a silver lining in that, Spriggs played so bad in the preseason that maybe this injury is something that was a little bit more than we ever realized. You know, the media doesn't really get to see any... uh, see any injury reports in the preseason and Mike McCarthy keeps things so close to the vest that it's hard to tell so the only thing you really have to go on is the film and watching Spriggs it was it was almost disturbing you know the Packers traded up to get this guy and it looked like his feet was stuck in some cement buckets because he just couldn't move he frequently got beat inside he didn't know where to put his hands it was a 
you know, I was a little bit disturbed. I was I was scared for the O line depth. So, you know, maybe that injury puts a little bit of context around there. Now that's not for sure uh, for certain, but certainly it gives us a little insight. Um, other than that, though, you know, you have the Packers front line, their starting guys are good. They're solid, but it could be a cornerback situation like last year, where if you get too many injuries at one position, it could really affect how this team plays. And, you know, it's better to have guys than not to have them. So certainly it'll be nice if Spriggs can get back soon. Maybe a couple weeks off will be the thing that turns out uh, that heals him. Uh, we can only wait and see at this point. Uh, but, Jack, the, the Packers promoted rookie Adam Pankey from the practice squad. Are you comfortable with him backing up David Bakhtiari, who's also dealing with a minor injury? He ended up on the injury report this week, too. In short, you know, no. Uh, you hope that Panky never has to play, but Bakhtiari has gotten better and better and better every single year to the point that he's become, you know, one of the fixtures on this offensive line, and he's done a really great job protecting Aaron Rodgers' blind side. Uh, with Don Barclay gone and, you know, theoretically in this equation, Kyle Murphy playing in place of Balaga, it just it could get ugly. It could be one of those games where the Falcons just, if Bakhtiari can't really go, uh, where the Falcons just have a field day on the edges. So, I, I mean, in short, I, I would hope that Bakhtiari can gut it out and play and that uh, they can avoid that whole debacle. Yeah, hopefully it's it's just minor, precautionary, whatever, and, and Bakhtiari mm-hmm. just plays. Uh, from the offensive line to the secondary here, Jack, uh, a few months ago it was Ladarius Gunter who was the number one cornerback for the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Gunter is now gone, who, but who is the number one cornerback on the Packers roster now? I've thought about this quite a bit, and it's it's still kind of an open-ended question. Um, Devon House kind of came in, the most veteran guy. Demarius Randall looked so bad last year. But, you know, as we learned, he was so injured. So it started similar to the, the Spriggs thing. It started to put a little bit of context around that play, similar with Rollins. So, you know, if I'm starting to lean towards Demarius Randall. I think he played pretty well, even though he got beat by a ball by, I think, Paul Richardson. But he still had sticky coverage on him, and he also gives the Packers more flexibility in that he's pretty good both on the perimeter and in the slot. Something that I've kind of thought about with this group is that, and similar to the D-line on Atlanta is the sum is better than the individual parts at this point. They have a lot of depth. It's hard to see if we have any superstars that can really shut down a top-tier uh, wide receiver. But Ray, uh, Randall and Rollins, King, Andrew Hawkins, Devon House, they may just have a good enough rotation to keep them within games. And we know it with Aaron Rodgers, that guy can put up he can put up the stats and the scores necessary to uh, keep this team afloat. All right, so Ladarius Gunter's gone. Now, Jack, what is the secret to covering Julio Jones? Um, Does the Packers' best cornerback follow him on the field? Do they stay to their respective sides of the field? Do you commit a safety to double-team him every play? What's the answer? Given the ambiguity of a true number one thus far in the season, I think what you have to do is you just have to shade him. I would imagine that you're going to get some variation of cover two. Um, Absent the big play to Austin Hooper, Matt Ryan didn't really play. He didn't throw the ball that vertically against Chicago. 
I think if you're Green Bay, you do your best to shade Julio, whatever side he's on, and commit to stopping the run. Uh, for as much as attention uh, Julio Jones gets, it's through the running game that this offense operates. Devontae Freeman looks like he's like one of those old football magnets in those games. He's like he's got a lot of wiggle. He's faster than you would think, and he doesn't go down very easily. And Tevin Coleman is their burner, but he can also run really good routes. They're not afraid to uh, throw him out there, both running backs, actually, with Coleman out. Uh, and, and really, Matt Ryan will throw him some balls, too, so he poses a legitimate threat. I would imagine, though, that they just don't want to get beat by Julio Jones, um, having him put up one of those monster games. <clears throat> someone tweeted, I'm not sure who it was, but someone tweeted that after a, a poor game, Jones usually snaps the following week. So, you know, statistically, it might be right for uh, Jones to go off, but I think the Packers are going to do everything in their power <laughs> to try to uh, mitigate that. Yeah, uh, I wasn't aware that was the case, but uh, hopefully that doesn't happen Sunday. Uh, Jack, uh, Sunday will be Geronimo Allison's first game back from suspension. What do you think his role will be uh, now uh, in the Packers' offense? It's hard to say again. I, I think he gives an element to them. He's got some length that not many of the other wide receivers have. But then again, they're so deep at that position that we saw so much uh, from Trevor Davis in the preseason that really got me excited. But, you know, he was only out there for a little bit. With so much talent, you can only spread spread the, uh, the playing time around so much. So I would imagine he'll get a little bit of time, but I don't think he's going to be a major focal point in this game. I think it's a nice insurance policy in case, you know, Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson gets a little banged up, they have another guy, or if, you know, their current game plan isn't working, they can throw in a different body and, and put a nice mix out there. Yeah, uh, I think Jerome Wellison is a nice uh, chess piece for the Green Bay Packers and hopefully picks up where he did last year. Um, Jack, how much of an impact do you think the opening of a new stadium in Atlanta will will, will make, knowing what happened in Minnesota last year, it was the exact same situation almost. It was week two. The Packers go on the road. Sunday night football on NBC. Same situation here. This feels like a buzzsaw, Brian. This really does. It, <laughs> it just seems like the schedule makers really didn't want to make it too easy. And I think Packer fans are well aware. You know, they came into Minnesota last year fairly confident. And then you saw really quickly that, oh, this, this isn't going to be easy. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, I saw a stat that said uh, – Team's opening stadiums are only four and nine against the spread, and I think Atlanta is favored last time by three, two and a half. So I think statistically Green Bay has a has a decent shot, but you know it, it will definitely be tough. I, we don't know about crowd noise in this new place. We don't know, and especially if if Kyle Murphy's playing, uh, and it is a loud place. You know he could get beat with that with that speed rush it, it's kind of a it's a big variable that we're going to find out really quickly come seven o'clock on that sunday evening but it, it might just be the factor in the game before we let you go what is your prediction for the game and what's going to happen and how it shakes out okay so i, I watched the falcons earlier this week on replay and what i noticed right away is that they really fly on defense I'm assuming this is just a guess. Mike McCarthy obviously knows way more football than I do, but I'm assuming that Rodgers is going to play with more tempo than they did last week. They're going to try to keep it going because Atlanta likes to run a rotation, 
And I think if they can keep them uh, on the field, they can force some mismatches, tire some guys out, and put up some points. I think it's really going to come down to how well the secondary can, you know, shield Julio Jones, keep the run game limited. Because given the performance of last week's complete domination on the off on, on the defensive line and the weak spot along the offensive line, the right guard, Mike Daniels, might see some time against him. If he can replicate even a modicum of success that he had last week, it could be uh, a good dogfight. So initially I was going to go with Atlanta, but the more I thought about it, I really think the Packers have the edge. So I'm going to go 30-27 Packers. I think uh, that three points is going to break the other way. Sounds good. Jack, thank you for taking the time to talk to us this morning. Greatly appreciate it. Best of luck with all you do at Packers Wire and keep up the good work, okay? All right. Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks to Jack Wepfer for joining us. Thanks to you, the listener, for joining us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And thank you to you, the listener, for your patience. Another second consecutive episode without a live edition of the show. Hopefully we'll be back shortly. My work schedule has prevented it. But uh, hopefully, as I said, we'll be back to normal uh, as soon as possible. Um, in Packers news, the things that I wanted to express today have to do with the injury report and those that we haven't mentioned yet on the show include the newest entries to the Packers injury report, the most prominent of which is to defensive lineman Mike Daniels, who is listed as a limited participant in practice on Thursday, that after being a full participant on Wednesday. So this kind of coming out of the blue, Mike Daniels listed with a hip injury, but of course he being the one who was probably the Packers MVP of week one and a longtime contributor to the Packers defense, at least the last couple years. Uh, definitely a concern right there. I haven't had any reason to believe that it will keep him out of the game. Haven't had any reason to believe that it's something serious. But that's definitely one to keep tabs on just because he's so integral to the Packers defense. Also on Thursday, coming out of the blue, uh, an injury to Kentrell Bryce. He having a quadriceps and knee injury that kept him out of practice. In addition to all the offensive tackle injuries the Packers have, Brian Balaga, which we mentioned in the interview, David Bakhtiari, which we briefly mentioned, David Bakhtiari is dealing with a hamstring, as is Jason Spriggs. So the top three tackles of the Green Bay Packers all listed on the injury report. They may or may not play this upcoming Sunday. I thought Brian Balaga would play last week. He didn't. I thought he'd be back this week. Maybe the illness is going to prevent that. David Bakhtiari, the newest entry to the Packers injury report. Hard to say what's going on there. And with uh, you know Jason Spriggs presumably being the top backup, he's probably definitely going to be out of action. It's a concern for the Green Bay Packers this week. I'm hopeful 
that at least David Bakhtiari will be back. I'm not sure about Brian Balaga now with the illness on top of injury, but I am least, you know, feeling okay if Kyle Murphy has to play another week. So anyway, getting to my prediction in a shortened episode of Railbird Central this week, it's as if, uh, how do I put this? I'm not sure if I learned my lesson a week ago when I predicted it would be a high-scoring game in week one between the Packers and the Seahawks, and it wasn't. I'm not sure if I'm overreacting to this or, you know, I'm not sure where to be with this. Um, as if I don't know, you know, this this Packers team, are they who I think they're going to be yet at this point in the season? It could just take time for them to be the team that I think they're going to be. Um, <laughs> I, I knew from the season, I knew the Packers would be good. I've said it on the show. I think that their record at the end of the year is 13-3. and three. And all along, I knew at least one thing, that one of those losses would be week two in Atlanta. Do I think they will lose as big of a margin as they did in the NFC Championship game? Absolutely not. I think anybody that predicts that margin of defeat um, is fooling themselves. I don't think that stands a chance of happening this weekend on Sunday evening. But I do think the Packers get beat. Uh, The score that I'm going with is the Packers losing 26-20. to And you can kind of ask yourself, well, how did the Falcons get to 26 points? I'm not exactly sure myself. Maybe they miss an extra point. Maybe it's a bunch of field goals. It just feels like to me that this could be a little bit of an odd scoring game in that the Packers will do something right along the way to force it to be an odd scoring game whether it is blocking an extra point or holding them to a bunch of field goals, something like that, something out of the ordinary that I think the Packers can can kind of hang their hats on but still not be able to walk out of Atlanta with a victory. And I can't express enough that this does not reflect on my um, uh at, on my opinion that the Packers can be a successful team this season, I think they certainly can be. I think it's just a tough ask in week two early in the season for a Packers team that I think is going to rely on a lot of young players eventually to go in there as the team opens a new stadium and and, and win against the team that represented in the the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. I just don't think it happens yet. I think they show a lot of progress from where they were this past January when they lost by multiple touchdowns to basically lose a one-score game, 26-20, and be in it the whole way, uh, you know, within striking distance at least, never being more than two scores down. So always kind of being in it, you know, if you if they could just get, you know, within one score, you think maybe they'll have a chance of winning. And I think that's where the Packers will be this Sunday night. So uh, that's the way I see it playing out. And um, unfortunately, it's a loss, but I do predict good things ahead. The day ahead. 
Not a whole lot for me to say here other than to just remind you of the game time on Sunday night. Um, It's going to be a long day of football ahead of you on Sunday. Those of you who are sitting around watching the noon games, watching the 3.30 p.m. games, uh, depending on what time zone you are. The Packers play at 7.30 p.m. That is the kickoff time for the Sunday night football game on NBC and we are talking central time here. So adjust accordingly. We are going to recap this game on Monday morning, uh, all things willing, and uh, we'll talk about it then. I hope I'm wrong in my prediction. I hope we're talking about a Packers victory. I don't see it in the cards, but as a fan, that's what I want to see. So Regardless, enjoy the game. Hopefully we see by the progress by the Packers no matter what happens. And uh, go Pack Go! <laughs> On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiruvu. Um Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on-demand later in the day. I leave you today with a song called Betray the Dark by the String Cheese Incident on Sci Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go Pack Go. Me into all the fellow fields of gray, I'm on my way.